Welcome to another episode of 100 Days in Mexico. This is the story of how a 100-day road trip, surfing my way down the Pacific coast of Mexico, changed my life forever. Ready to go on a road trip? Strap in, let's do this. Episode 43, North Shore Romance. Day 438. After three months of surfing Sunset Beach and other breaks on the North Shore, my confidence and skills were improving. One afternoon, I drove down to Sunset and parked my car overlooking the break, watching a massive swell building. I jumped out of the car and hopped up on the hood, not 50 feet from the spot where five years earlier I said I do. On the present day, I was dressed in a bikini and enjoying the sun on my skin. 15 pounds of new muscle were still on me and 15 pounds of fat, which I had originally gained and then lost in Puerto Escondido, had since returned. And since I had relaxed my hell-bent pursuit of surfing big waves, I was spending more time working and less time working out. I still wanted to surf big, but my body had sent me a lot of signals to relax a bit, to give my body some space to just be. The extra weight I had gained back felt good all over. The swell was big. The waves seemed a bit angry and incredibly powerful. I wasn't sure if it was a good idea for me to go out or not. Photographers were paddling out on boogie boards, tempting me to risk my life for the sake of a photo. My mind went to a familiar place, trying to decide if it was fear keeping me safe and dry, or if it was ego pushing me to try. Butterflies spun a funnel cloud in my stomach, urging me not to surf. My body was tense and rigid, which doesn't work in surfing. The body was speaking. I told the voice simply to shut up, that there were plenty of medium-sized days to practice. The body knew its limits. The body wanted to set its warm, plump booty right there on the hood of the car, relaxed, and enjoy taking photos of the more experienced surfers. I spied a woman with a pink board on the beach, getting ready to enter the water. My heart went green with jealousy for a brief moment. The voice tried again to get under my skin, firing off a couple of quick one-liners. That girl is going out, but you aren't because you suck at surfing. You're just a scared little bitch. I laughed off the voice. I was getting better at turning down the volume. I was becoming more amused than fooled by its pathetic whiny tone. I aimed my camera at the woman and took a couple of shots as she calmly observed the conditions. She was strong and confident. Her body language was loud and clear. She had none of the hesitation in her body that I had. Nor did she radiate any of the ego. She laughed and chatted with friends before paddling out. She entered the ocean from a sprint. I watched her entire 15-minute paddle battle into the lineup before I lost sight of her in the choppy sea. I was dying to know who this woman was. She oozed grace and confidence, seeming one with the ocean. This was a state about which nothing I knew. She seemed like an amazing role model for me. I took my camera down the beach and asked one of the local guys if he recognized the photo of the woman on my LCD. Oh yeah, that's Bianca Valeni, he replied casually. 
of course, the same Bianca I had seen surfing Puerto Escondido nine months earlier. The same woman who had inspired me to try big wave surfing with her pink board nine months ago. I had no idea where life was taking me. And this woman had inspired me to own up to my inherent power. Now, even though I had improved my life so much, here she was again, showing me how much more work I still had to do. The Hawaiian surf season was coming to an end, but my goal remained unchanged. I booked a ticket to Indonesia, knowing I needed to log more time in medium-sized waves to improve my technique. Two days before I was scheduled to leave for Indonesia, another good-sized swell was predicted to hit. That morning, I went through my pre-game morning routine, practicing my breath holds, checking my equipment, meditating, and visualizing my session. As I pulled up to the beach, I could see the waves were firing. It was big enough to really challenge me, but not so big that fear would paralyze me. Although I was scared, I was far more excited. My whole body said yes as I cranked the music in my car, slathered on sunscreen, and double-checked my leash, my fins, and my bikini drawstring. I said a prayer of gratitude as I paddled out to the battlefield. I caught a wave right away, but got annihilated when I didn't make my first turn fast enough. I noted my mistake and how to correct it. Within minutes, I caught my second wave consciously avoiding my problem from the last wave. But then I hit a bump in the wave, one created by the trade winds. I fell flat to my stomach on top of my board. Once again, I went limp and surrendered to the power of the wave. When I came up, I noted my mistake. I caught my third wave, made a quick first turn, bent my knees as I hit the shelf and pumped to drive myself toward the natural end of the wave. I could see the lip about to close out on me and I heard the words of my coach. Your front foot is the gas pedal. I shifted my weight forward and whizzed around the section. I was learning. It felt so good. As I kicked out, I saw I was close to the beach and thought of maybe calling it quits. I still had to pack in order to leave the next day for Indo. Plus, there's only a certain amount of terror the body can sustain in the water. It just becomes exhausting after a while. I noticed a photographer in the water. He appeared to have captured proof of my trial, error, and eventual success. My heart leapt and my ego urged me to go get more waves since the photographer was there. I chuckled at myself aloud. My main motivation for more waves right now was not simply to ride them, but more to get photos. I'm hopeless. Finally, I had become honest enough with myself to see it. Even though I found it laughable, I paddled back out and I got a couple more. Day 460. I hadn't meant to get attached to him, nor had he meant to get attached to me. And yet, for the last several weeks I was in Hawaii, we had found it difficult to spend more than 24 hours apart. He was too old for me, and I was too free-spirited for him. He worshipped my body, and I was intoxicated with his persona. He had money and incredible clout in the industry. He had stories upon stories of surf history. He was friends or enemies with every surf professional who'd ever lived. I offered him lightheartedness, youth, and beauty that came from within. Neither of us wanted to get attached. We each were interested in serving our own needs. But then he made me laugh, and I made him feel. I was standing on the curb, and he was on the pavement. I bent over and kissed him goodbye. I don't want to leave you, my voice cracked. 
and the tears I've been holding back for the entire drive from the North Shore to from the North Shore of Oahu to Honolulu International Airport came flooding out. Knock it off. He didn't want to feel either. Okay, okay, okay. I wiped my eyes and he helped me hoist my backpack to my shoulders and handed me my board bag. I turned and walked away. He made some joke, which I didn't hear, but it was permission to look back over my shoulder, which I did. He smiled, but his eyes told me that he felt the same pain of loss as I did. I walked through the automatic glass doors toward the check-in counter. I turned around. His truck was still there. He stood there with the tailgate open. He looked up, and when our eyes met, he turned his back quickly, walking to the driver's side. He did not look back again. I sat my bag down on the tile floor and sat on top of it. I listened for his diesel engine to start up. Away from his gaze, I let the tears have their way with me. I wasn't really sure why I was giving up a relationship with an industry insider, a beachfront mansion, and an easy life. But even as I cried for my loss, my heart did not break. Nor did my question did I question my decision to leave. I simply knew I wasn't done. Life had so much more to show me, and my desire hadn't steered me wrong yet. A new voice spoke so quietly I could hardly hear it. I can have it all. The man, the mansion, the big wave surfing, the perfect body, but not if I settle now for less than the best. Onward, sweet girl. Though I was far from what most anyone would describe as a man-eater, I wondered whether some of the lessons I'd learned about food, the cost and benefits of gratification, were finding expression in my relationships with men.